Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline, Louisville legend, ACC Network, Luke Hancock hanging out with us here at the ACC Tournament in Greensboro. What's going on, Luke? How you doing, man? I am doing great, man. It is the best time of the year, and games were awesome yesterday. Uh, we had kind of an early night for us uh, with our recap show. We kind of finished at 9, 30, 10 o'clock, so all things were great, man. It was, was a say, great first day. You feel refreshed. Day. I was yeah. going to say, today and tomorrow are the marathons, man. That's it. That's it. I mean, the first day for us, all the games are on the network, yeah. so we're kind of bang, 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 but... You know, the games get better and better. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm a basketball junkie. I love just sitting in the gym and watching. So um, games today, like I said, are going to be super competitive. And the environment with mm-hmm. all the North Carolina teams being here today is just going to keep improving. Yeah, and tonight, you know, for, for, our, for our audience with North Carolina, Boston College, and NC State, Virginia Tech, uh, bo- both fan bases are intrigued for completely different reasons. So we'll, we'll start with the first game. We'll start with the Tar Heels. And before we look ahead to tonight and what they can do in Greensboro, I, I North Carolina season didn't live up to the expectations because dot, dot, dot. You know, I think these guys came back, and in their heads they thought, we're going we're gonna to come back for all the right things, we're going to win a championship, and this is going to be so motivating for us. But this is Carolina, and it's such a big brand, and there's so many eyeballs that I think the pressure kind of seeped in that locker room a little bit. Yeah. And they just didn't seem like the same together group that they were, at least down the stretch, you know, the last third of the season last year, really after that Pittsburgh game at Carolina. Right. And I've been waiting with Carolina to have that same moment. When are you guys going to come together? When are you going to kind of get knocked down, dust yourself off, mm-hmm. and then really achieve what this group can really do? And it just hasn't seemed to happen yet. But I think there is so much talent and so much potential there that – the fans I've talked to and seen around here, they're just waiting. They, and, and it's crazy because there's no lack of confidence, I feel like, with a lot of Carolina fans stepping into this moment in the ACC tournament. But the thing is, in, in my, my thing with this particular group is you got to look at the totality of the last three years of the main core guys. Armando Baycott, R.J. Davis, Caleb Love. It was a group that got... You know, I'm not going to throw Leakey in there? Leakey, I think, uh, I think Leakey understands his role. He's an amazing defender. I think he should have gotten more votes uh, this for the postseason awards. But Carolina's pretty easy to figure out. If those three guys, Armando, RJ, and Caleb, are on, then chances are they're going to win. But if you look at the last three years, the outlier here is what happened from about February 16th of last year through. And also they had like this... This amazing opportunity with Duke to kind of like crystallize what they did. They went in that. They went in that game with no pressure, man. Right. K had right. all the. You know, K had all the pressure. Oh no doubt. So being in that building. Oh yeah, I was there too. It was. You nuts. could cut the tension with a knife in that. Luke, building. man, you've been in some big moments. Would you want to have like two hundred some odd former players, a couple NBA guys, some Hall of Famers, a couple legends you? up there staring <laughs> like, hey, you better not mess this up as you're running out of the locker room. Your no. ESPN colleague Jay Williams going, what are you doing, timeout? Oh, yeah. You know, like that kind of stuff, right? So I, at last year, they step into that moment, but they had nothing to lose. Getting back to your point about the pressure, Duke was actually the team with no pressure. It's almost like John Shire and that group, which had nothing to do with last year, was like, why do y'all keep talking about old stuff? We're, right. we're here now. Yeah. That's why I like Duke going the rest of the way here in Greensboro. I think, I think they're the ones who have turned a corner 
in a way that, you know, Miami's the best team, but I think Duke actually is the most dangerous team here in Greensboro. Well, I, I think the numbers don't lie, right? They're the favorite. I think mm-hmm. they've been getting better. You think about their last loss and, and a galvanizing moment, right? We, we talked about that with Carolina. Maybe it hasn't come to fruition yet. Yeah. But their last loss was that Virginia game. Their last loss was that tough call right at the end of the game where basically the officials afterwards were just like, hey, we messed up. Yeah. And that happens in basketball. It, it's bad because it's kind of a, a game-defining play. It's, it's, you know, they should have won the game or at least Flip has a chance at the free throw line there. Right. But they've certainly rallied around that moment. And I agree with you on they don't feel like there's a lot of pressure. They seem to be playing carefree. I think personally that Duke is playing their best basketball now because of the injuries. Yeah. Right, you think about Tyrese Proctor and having nowhere to hide. When you're a freshman and you go out there and you make mistakes, you get pulled out of the game, a veteran goes in there, and the coach sits you down and talks to you. Hey, that turnover there or your charge or whatever it was, he didn't have that, right? It's You go out there and win, lose, or draw, mistakes or not, we've got to ride with you in these moments. And that has really built him up. And now you bring Jeremy Roach back, and they're a great one-two punch. You know, Derek Whitehead's gotten better and better. Derek Lively seems to be making big-time impacts on games. Affects the game without scoring, which is what John Shire has been trying to get him to do all season. Exactly. And early on, I feel like he got a little frustrated Mm -hmm. because, hey, my numbers aren't as good. And and people are saying, ah, you know, this guy not living up to his potential. It's Duke. If he didn't average 20 and 12, everybody would have said, man, this guy's a flop, (laughs) right? And that's just not how it works, especially in this league. You know, you think about the bigs he has to go up against. So, you got to give a ton of credit to John Shire. He's kept these guys moving forward. He's kept the kind of noise out of the locker room, and they've just gotten better and better, improved week by week, and now they're getting healthy. Luke Hancock hanging out with us here on the OG. Uh, Gilio, uh, as of this conversation, had to go take a nap because, uh, look, NC <laughs> It's halftime of game one. <laughs> no, 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 no. See, the, the thing is that, you know, NC State's playing at 930. You know, he's he's getting up there, and he's Bedtime, almost 50 yeah, now. Okay, I get it. So he's, he's going to have to power through. So he's in a sleep pod right now making sure he's good to go for 9.30. But I, I did want to get to NC State because, you know, with us having watched these three, these three teams, Duke understands their roles. They end up being kind of fun to watch, even though they can win in some rock fights. I would argue NC State was probably the most fun team to watch in the regular season, thanks to DJ Burns and Terquavion and Jarkel, Jarkel Joyner. But Carolina, everything just was hard for them. Yeah. Right? Is that about expectations and pressure? Nah, I, I, just, think it's, I just think it's... I, I just think it's the group. I, I've been convinced for the longest time it's been the group. To your point, to get back to the conversation, the start of the conversation, they've been waiting, they've been waiting. This ain't the NBA. Like, you just can't play 82 games and then, all right, we're yeah, LeBron James go. and we can turn it on in the playoffs. And that's also a problem with Carolina. You talk about pressure. It wasn't pressure for that 2016 to 2017 squad. It wasn't pressure for that 08 to 09 when those guys all came back with the one expectation to win it all, and they go and do that, there's an expectation to Carolina. And I guess they, we, we just expected that they were going to follow suit. That just wasn't the group. Yeah, you know, um, Joel and Boozer and I have talked about this a lot, about our motivating moments that, yeah. that kind of led us to win national championships. And with Carolina and Joel, obviously everybody remembers Villanova and the shot and, yep. and uh, how close they were. And Joel was like, we didn't take any time off. We were so motivated by that. We turned around and, and went to win it. And we felt the same way. You know, we lost to Kentucky right. and Anthony Davis in the Final Four. And I didn't want to take any time off. We wanted to get in the gym. We felt like, man, we were so close. Let's take that next step. Mm-hmm. 
I expected that from Carolina, especially with you can go through the storylines. You bring back four starters from a team that makes that run. You know, Brady Manick, okay, he was incredible in his role. Mm -hmm. Pete Nance's numbers were better coming in. Mm -hmm. So everybody early on was like, this is going to be a perfect, just plug him in, play him as the same role, space the floor, let Armando work inside. And it, everything's just come a lot tougher than, than I expected. If you're Hubert Davis and Luke Hancock hanging out with us here on the OG, do you want those core guys back? Because Armando can come back. RJ can come back. Caleb can come back. They can make more money in NIL at Carolina next year than they can probably do uh, in the NBA if they even make an NBA squad. But do you? Do you, do you take some of them back? Not all three. It's, it's, it's going to be an interesting offseason for the Tar Heels. It will be an interesting offseason with the Tar Heels. I think coaches have a really tough job when they have those conversations at the end of the season. Yeah. Because it's about what are you going to change? What's going to be different this next year? And the conversations were really easy at the end of last year, right? Like, just come back. Let's do it. Run back. It, just, you know, do the same type of things, and we're going to get better, and we're going to be right there. Right. This year, you know, again, they, they didn't do a good job of keeping the noise out early. Mm-hmm. And it's very different noise. When you're struggling, keeping the noise out is one thing. When you're the number one team in the country, keeping the noise out is a totally different thing. So I think those conversations are going to be tougher. But without a doubt, I would take those guys back and try and add a few more pieces. And, you know, they got to be certainly better on the defensive end. They got to take better shots on the offensive end. And those guys, like we've talked about, why is Duke being successful? They've got guys that are embracing the roles yeah. and, and winning, right? Not stats, but winning. State's in the same boat. And I think I think Carolina's got to do that. I think State's got to do that. They got to find guys, have those tough conversations that are, are going to prioritize winning over anything else. Speaking of tough conversations, and Luke Hancock, ACC Network, hanging out with us here on the OG at the ACC Tournament in Greensboro. I, I follow my Louisville friends on Twitter. I'm sorry to hear that. And it's it's been a season for them, man. Yeah. And I know, you know, you're close to it. How do you assess what happened this year? And kind of, I know last night was a little bit of an awkward moment with Kenny Payne, the head coach. He was being asked if he was coming back. But how do you kind of assess what happened this year and, and where Louisville's going? Well, the first thing, um, it's hard to win in this league. Yeah. Right? Um, Mike Bray, I have so much respect for. He goes down as the winningest coach in Notre Dame history. Mm -hmm. They won one more game than Louisville did in the conference slate. Yeah. Right? They won three games and Louisville won two. Mm -hmm. Winning is hard in this league. Look at what Jeff Capels had to endure to get to this point where he gets to play for a number one seed at the end of the season against right. Miami last week or on Saturday. So I, I think Louisville fans, just like Carolina fans, just like Duke fans, they don't want to be mediocre. They don't want to be bad for one season. Yeah. Right. And so I think the pressure has amped up because of this season. But Louisville would be insane to fire Kenny Payne after this year and not give him a real chance to do what you brought the guy in to do. He's got to recruit. We know that. He's got to embrace the transfer portal. We know that. And he's got to he's got to be able to bring his guys in and gel this group. You want to talk about a tough job and tough conversations. Who do you bring back on that team? Right. You know, winning culture is tough. And, again, you can have guys that score a lot of points and get a lot of assists, but if they're not focused on the little things that help you win, those are tough guys to keep on a team, especially when you have that year that Kenny Payne had. So it's been really rough. Um, I think, personally, he's going to go attack this transfer portal in an incredible way yeah. and do what he was brought in to do. You know, he's a recruiter and a relationship builder. With the way it went down at the IARP and the timing last year, yeah. 
the negative recruiting is so easy, right? Louisville's going to get a postseason ban. Mm-hmm. You're not going to play in the tournament. Yeah, I was a transfer. This. You were a transfer. Yeah, exactly. Right. So when I was a transfer, I said, I'm either going to go to a place where I can win a national championship mm-hmm. or I'm going to go to the best school possible. Right. NIL kind of changes things. Like, I'm going to go make a lot of money or I'm going to go win a championship is probably the mindset now. He didn't have an opportunity to do any of those things. Mm-hmm. So to me, you'd be insane to fire Kenny Payne. I understand why he was a little upset with the questions. I wish he had answered a little differently so he sure. didn't give him as much ammo because I know the message boards and radio shows are it, blowing it's up. A, it, Bayheim will do something today that will get Kenny yeah, off right. the, Don't worry about that. He's going to take the pressure off of so, him. We'll, we'll, and we'll close on this. To your point about the transfer portal, you know, you just mentioned a couple of coaches. Jeff Capel wins ACC Coach of the Year. How did that happen? He got some dudes. Four new guys. I mean, your holdover is Jamarius Burton, who's yeah. one of my favorite players in the ACC. Yeah. Tough as nails. And talk about a winner. Mm-hmm. Um, four new starters, right? Mm-hmm. Look at Jim Laranega, probably runner-up for Coach of the Year. Well, look at State with Jarkel Joyner and DJ Burns. Absolutely. Look at uh, look at what Steve Forbes has been able to do on a pretty consistent basis. He calls it the secret sauce. He brings a guy in who can change it. That's what he, his last two years. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about this: Alondez Williams wins Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Jake Laravia comes from Indiana State and is a first-round draft pick. Then you turn around. The only reason Tyree Appleby didn't win Player of the Year right. is because of what we did with Alondez Williams last year yeah. and what Armando did in the postseason because he gave a lot of people buyer's remorse because of his six double-doubles in a row and how he did in the postseason. Mm-hmm. And so people thought, man, this guy is obviously the best player in the league. I'm, I'm not trying to take anything away from Alondez, but I think Tyree Appleby, because he actually was the player that most – points in the league and most assists in the league. Oh, by the way, second in steals. Yeah. If we had that narrative going like we did with Alondez, he would have won player of the year. So he's got to have this thing rolling from a recruiting standpoint and from a transfer portal standpoint. Luke, appreciate the time, man. Man, I had a blast. Let's do it again. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. I am the project manager. The Designery is a lovely kitchen, bath, and closet remodeling company. We do pretty much any of the utility spaces in your house. If you want to store things in your cabinets, if you want to work on things on your countertops, if you want to uh, have a floor that can get wet or muddy, we're the place to help you fix your home up. We are the Designery North Raleigh, located at 3030 Wake Forest Road in the Holly Park Plaza. We would love to see you or visit our website at thedesignery.com.